the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live for hour two of our live program every every weekday from three to five right here on KKLA and KPRZ all around Southern California and wherever you might be listening online. Also, anywhere around the world, you might be listening to our program. We welcome you to it. And I am Scott Furrow, your host and former former uh, missile silo janitor in the Indian Navy. Did you hear that? I, I said that in the last hour, that they accidentally launched a missile. Uh, India accidentally launched a missile at Pakistan, and it went right in the the flight path of different airlines. It just kills me that somebody just can accidentally do that. Um, anyway, that happened. We talked about that last hour. One of the things that we are doing today, and I've got some different things to talk about, is taking your calls about anything. It's Open Line Friday. So I've got some things that I will share in this hour, but I will change the subject for your calls. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-LA-TALKS. I want to encourage you to put that in your phone. That way, whenever you feel like, i got to join this conversation, you just have it right there in your phone, 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven. Put it in your contacts now. You can also send me an email if you can't talk right now while you're at work or somewhere else. SoCalLive at KKLA.com is the email address. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, so we're doing some open line Friday today. Let me get to your calls, and then uh, I want to talk about a couple of things here. Craig from Cerritos, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for holding through the break. Hey, how you doing, sir? Thank you uh, for taking my call. I was just wondering if you could touch upon uh, if there's any um, anywhere in the Bible where we might be uh, seeing what's playing out in Ukraine. Yeah. You mean specifically what's happening right now in Ukraine? Yeah, maybe not specifically, but, um, you know, something that, well, maybe it is specifically, just... Um, where, you know, things are starting to shape up and we're seeing Bible prophecy, you know, before our eyes. Sure. Okay. I can do that. Uh, Craig, thanks for your call. You know, a lot of conversation we had this week in some interviews and a lot of the things that are in uh, Christian news, we've seen some comments made. Pat Robertson came out and made some comments that I think were taken out of context, not to defend Pat, you know, but uh, he, he, he talked about Putin being controlled by the will of God to invade Ukraine and that this is a, a biblical move. Um, you know what's interesting about that, and here I'll give you a Bible passage. I don't think that this applies specifically to what's happening in Ukraine. However, it's interesting how close it is. And I guess what I would say to you, and this is a much bigger topic, prophecy, be very, very careful when people get real specific. Okay, that's the first thing, is that there's an awful lot of things that people have said, you know, Gorbachev is the Antichrist. You can find that book. You can Google it. There's a whole book, Gorbachev's the Antichrist, and uh, uh, I guess it's because he has that birthmark on his head, and that must make him the Antichrist. It doesn't make any sense. But at the time, I think what it was was that the fall of the Soviet Union, Gorbachev was seen as a great leader. He was very popular. He was 
friends and close with Ronald Reagan. They got along great. It ended the Cold War. He was friends with George H.W. Bush, and they closed down the Iron Curtain together. And he was a peacemaker in some regard. You could put him that way. And one of the things that we would expect from a future antichrist when it's the guy is that he will at first make peace. And so lots of people thought that. I think it probably had more to do with the birthmark on his head. If you're not familiar, he had this red birthmark. He was kind of bald, hair on the sides and bald, but he had this red birthmark. It was pretty obvious. I think that's a lot of the reason. And you're going to find lots of things that people have said about different things throughout time. So be very, very careful about anybody getting specific. On the other hand, I would say that there is not a lot, and people have some different opinions, and I know that some of you have some different thought about um, end times and, and different perspectives. However, I think that you can really make an argument that the lines are drawn for this to happen. Uh, some people might think that nothing will happen until a temple is built in Israel, a third temple. Um, there are some things, but there's nothing that um, makes it impossible to think about how that would happen. There's a mosque sitting where the temple needs to get built, the Dome of the Rock. That's a big reason it's not being built. But there are ways that you could see where all of a sudden that mosque is abandoned or there's an earthquake or a war. There's different things that could happen very, very quickly. I mean, a month ago, were we talking about war in Ukraine and World War III? We were not. And here we are. So a passage that has come up uh, several times. We actually went through this in my men's group a little bit, and I haven't had a chance to study it as detailed as I want. But I'm going to read something to you, and I think it's it's interesting. This comes from the book of Ezekiel. You ever go to the book of Ezekiel? Ezekiel is, for people who read all the way through the Bible, a lot of people don't make it through Ezekiel. This is where we bury you when you're reading through the Bible. Some people can't make it through Leviticus But if you plow through Leviticus, you might do pretty well until you get to Ezekiel uh, and then you're buried. But don't. Take a look at it. Um, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 10. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. On that day, thoughts will come into your mind. Now he's speaking to, you've probably heard of Gog and Magog, and a lot of people believe that that represents Russia and Gog would be um, some people think that it's Gog would be the leader of Russia, of Magog. Okay, that's kind of the background here. But this is what this says. Just think about this. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On that day, thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme. You will say, I will invade a land of unwalled villages, and I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins, And the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods, living at the center of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all of her villages will say to you, Have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to seize much plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, This is what the sovereign Lord says. In that day when my people Israel are living in safety, will you not take notice of it? Will you not come from your place in the north and you and many nations with you, all of them riding on horses, a great horde, a mighty army? You will advance my people against my people, Israel, like a cloud that covers the land. In days to come, Gog, I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am proved holy through through you before their eyes. Now, there's a lot of interesting things there. And when you read through this carefully, you can see where people are saying, 
if this is talking about Russia and Russia is now moving south, and if you take a look at a map and you look at what's there, you see Ukraine and then below that you've got the Black Sea and then it's not too far from Israel and the whole idea that the leader of Russia is going to take over this country and the other lands like Tarshish, which I think is Spain and um, Europe, uh, modern-day Europe is saying, what are you doing over there? Uh, we're not, they're not really getting involved, but they're saying, hey, we see what you're doing and it looks like you're taking all of their stuff and then you're going to be there and you're going to look south and you're going to really like this land of Israel, and you think, maybe I'll take that. And then in this chapter here, some people think this is the very end times because there's another similar battle in Revelation chapter 20, I think is where it is. It's not the same. It's not the same battle, I think. But you see, if you look at this, you go, this may not be what we're watching on the news right here, or at least we haven't seen it, but it's not hard to picture it in current geopolitical, uh, geopolitical framework, is it? That's what I think is particularly interesting about this time when it comes to prophecy. And again, I I think maybe we are living in those last days. I think that's possible. I think when you look at the world today, there are certain things that could really, it's not hard to see how they would happen. In the old days, let's say you thought Hitler was the Antichrist and you wondered about this, but there are some problems. Yes, he's persecuting Jews, but there was no state of Israel back then. And when you get into Revelation chapter 13 and the idea of Antichrist and he's going to be able to control what you buy or sell, well, in the 1940s, you could, it would be really hard to see how you would really do that globally. But today, with the notion of digital currency, it's not hard to see that at all. Look at what happened with the COVID. I think we're, we're backing away from this stuff now, but people losing their jobs because they don't want to follow a government mandate people unable to participate in the market because they don't want to follow what the government says they can do when it comes to taking the vaccine or following other procedures. I mean, that's uh, not to get into that argument, but you can really see where an oppressive government in today's world, in today's digital world, could really control everything. Economically, the Biden administration is putting forward the idea of a United States digital currency, I think, to compete against the Bitcoins and all of that. I don't understand all that stuff as well as uh, I would like. I did I did buy the Bitcoin from that Super Bowl commercial. Remember the Super Bowl commercial where you had the QR code bouncing around your screen? And I grabbed my phone and I did that and I got my $15 of Bitcoin. And uh, that's the that's the extent of my knowledge of Bitcoin. But when it comes to a digital currency, there are things that, let's say there are there is no paper money. There's not, a lot of our money is digital, right? You, you transfer money in your bank accounts, Visa cards by digital. But imagine that it's fully controlled by a government entity and imagine your money is not as valuable as other people's money, your U.S. coin or your Bitcoin, whatever it is, because of the way you vote or because you hold a certain opinion or because the other party's in power and now suddenly your digital money is not worth the same as other people's digital money. It gets There's a lot of scary conversation about that. And I'm not telling all this so that you be afraid. I'm telling you this because when you look at the Bible and you look at passages about prophecy and things in the future, be careful not to say, yes, for sure, this is it. But at the same time, you should look at it and go, you know, um, 2,500 years ago-ish, somebody in this book of Ezekiel put this down 
And how would they know that? Read the book of Revelation and go, if you're John and you're on the island of Patmos 2,000 years ago and you're seeing this vision of the future, how would you describe those armies? And how would you describe what's going on from a first century point of view? Well, probably the way you wrote it down. And now we look at that and we go, oh, it's really not hard to see how this could play out in our modern times. So maybe that's the long answer to your question about whether or not the issue in Ukraine has something to do with biblical times. I think, I think all of these things are still building the, the framework for whenever this happens. And it could be soon. It really could be soon. It also could be that we're about to head into the greatest revival that we've seen in a long time in the world. You know, how do we know that the forbearance of our God, who is not coming back now, is going to not last another thousand years so that more and more people get to be saved so that the gospel gets to really reach every single people group. There's still a lot of the world where the gospel hasn't been reached. I think some of the statistics now say some of the projections are that maybe the gospel will reach every people group sometime in the 2030s or 40s. A lot of people believe that the return of Christ won't happen or the rapture or however you look at it, it's not going to happen until then, maybe. But that's within our lifetime for many of us. So do this. Look at your Bible and realize that it is true, that ultimately one day you can look back on it and go, everything it said was true. God, you know, great thing about prophecy is God doesn't just leave us sort of hanging with, we have no idea how things are going to turn out. We do. We have a whole book of Revelation. We've got all these books in the Old Testament that have a lot to say about the end times and how things are going to be. And we're not going to be lost. And I think right now, maybe some of the feeling that we have as we read passages like that. And there's a lot of interpretation that needs to go into it. There's a lot of disagreement about different things scholarly. So you should be aware of that um, before you just go quote that. You need to really study some of these passages. And yet, when you just look at it at face value, it's not hard to to apply that to real life. That's maybe the long answer to your question, but um, yeah, it's It is exciting, and it's why you need to know your Bible, and it's why you need to put your trust in the Lord, because the Lord is right. And whatever God's timing is, that's going to be his timing, and you need to be right with him before then. Every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess. Really good idea to do that before these events happen. And if you'd like to know more about that, you know what? Connect with me here. I'm Scott Furrow, and I'm hosting Southern California Live, and I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, we're doing Open Line Friday, 888-LA-TALKS. Any subject that you want to talk about, you can ask me a question about that, 888-528-2557. And it can be very serious, like we just got into, or something that's maybe just a little more uh, more fun. I want to share something with you. Maybe, wait, yeah, do I have time? Yeah, I think I have time, maybe before the break. Okay. There was a conversation that happened on a program, a, a sports program, the NBA on TNT. Now, this is not going to be about basketball, so don't tune me out. This is going to be about gas prices. About four years ago, Shaquille O'Neal on this program gave an opinion about how you can save money on your gas. And this got repeated, and they're still arguing about it four years later. And now with the gas prices going crazy, it was on again. They had the similar conversation this week on that program. So on this program are former NBA players Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, and it's hosted by commentator Ernie Johnson. 
and they have some hilarious conversations about the world. It's a super fun program. So this is the conversation about gas prices and how Shaq says you can save money on your gas. Go to clip number one. Shaq has given me a great education. Yeah, go ahead. Because I told him I didn't want to get a, a certain vehicle because of the amount of gas I would have to spend. Yeah. It cost like $80 to, to fill, it to up. fill it, up. it up. And he right. said, then you said. When it gets to half, then you put $20, you bring it back to full. Yeah. But if I keep doing I would have to stop more often and still no, spend wouldn't. 80 No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Why? You're complaining about when it gets to zero, you spend 80 right? When it gets to half, you put 20 Then when it gets back to half, you put 20 Yeah, but, but I'll keep stopping, putting 20 in, and it'll be 80 Kenny. the same amount of gas. Kenny. I'm Kenny. driving the Kenny. same amount of gas. The average human stops once a week for gas, right? With you, you only work here twice. You would probably have to stop maybe, maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> Don't even try it. This is all. This Wait, is bordering nobody's on. Nobody's more than me. This well, is bordering on what's closer, the West Coast or the Moon. So if if this wait, is bordering this on is, that. You're, so you're, you're, you're telling me that I, I would I wouldn't have to if I only if I didn't let my gas get down I wouldn't have to fill it up as much. No, I'm saying you're complaining about the eighty dollars. That's what the conversation right. about. You you. But four what? times twenty is eighty because I'm gonna stop four times. <laughs> no, you're not gonna stop four times. No, you're not gonna stop four times. Not in one week. You're not. <laughs> anyway, it, Kenny, so the West Coast is closer than the moon. If you let it get to zero, right, Monday through Friday, right, then you got to pay 80 to fill it back up. Right. Okay, but if you let it get to half by Wednesday, then you pay 20 no, minutes back No, it won't floor. get to half by – right, by if Wednesday it's going to be 40, and then on Friday it'll be 40 Not 40, again. 20. Yeah. It's going to be 20. No. <laughs> it's going to be 20. Not half. Half of 80 is 40. But, no, listen to what I'm saying. I, I, did, I am. Okay. So if I every day if I did, if I just no you, you ain't gonna have day. to put gas in every day. Don't play me right now. I'm not playing. Don't, <laughs> don't play with me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I really want to know because Ernie, I want to get this call, but no, I really want to save gas money. You're so complaining. Tell me. Listen. I want to know how I'm gonna save gas money. You're complaining about the eighty dollars. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I'm at complaining. zero. It's okay. 80. So at zero is eighty. No question. So right at full is eighty, right? Yes. So if it gets to half, that'll be forty, right? No question so about it. So if you put twenty in, then you bring it back up to three quarters, <laughs> right? No, if I put twenty in, it'll yes. get to one quarter. Jeez, yeah. But it'll be three quarters. It'll be three quarters full. Three quarters empty. No, three quarters full. Wait, who's on first? This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but who's on first? Nobody travels more than me. Nobody travels more than Shaq. That conversation. I know that was a long clip. It's an amazing conversation, and they have been dealing with that for years. And I want to ask you, do you agree with Shaq and his philosophy about you? <laughs> so Kenny is saying that he's bugged that he's paying $80 for gas, and Shaq is saying, well, if you just fill it up at half, you put 20 in and you're back to where you were. And there's a lot of problems with the math here, but I've thought about this for a while. And I'm going to play what, what this same group of guys, they had the similar conversation this week because the gas price is going crazy. I agree with Shaq. I've come to the conclusion that I agree with Shaq. 888-528-2557. Tell me what you think about gas prices or anything on your mind. It is open phone Friday. Anything you want to say, 888-LA-TALKS. Here's clip number two. So that was four years ago, that conversation. This is this week, this part of the conversation. All right, that may not be the right clip, but they have the same conversation right now about this. And it's hilarious. And they're arguing about this. I've decided I agree with Shaq. And it, maybe the math doesn't work, but as you're going out and you're filling up with gas right now in your car, you can call me and tell me, do you agree with Shaq or do you not agree with Shaq? What's the best way to deal with the gas prices right now and the feeling that you have as it's getting so expensive? I have come to the conclusion that Shaq is right. I think I know what, what he's getting at. 
and I've experienced this myself this week. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to chime in on this. 888-LA-TALKS. It is Open Phone Friday. You don't have to talk about gas, but we're going to talk about this for a minute because I think I think Shaq is on to something here. I think he is on to something here, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what it is right after the break. So I don't want you to go away. I will take your calls and change the subject, but I'm going to stick with the gas for just a minute. I think that Shaq is right about this. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a couple of moments. The number is 888-528-2557. Give me a call and tell me what you think. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you. Scott Furrow here today. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. Before the break, we were talking about a conversation that's been going on for a few years on uh, the NBA on TNT about gas prices. And Shaquille O'Neal has a different opinion about the gas prices. He says that uh, Kenny, Kenny on this program, if you watch it, he's bugged that he has to pay $80 for gas. And this is four years ago. Shaq says if you just refill it at half, put $20 in, then you get the same thing. And uh, here is, so that first conversation we played before the break happened four years ago. This week, they're still talking about it, and this is that conversation from this week. No. Just just listen. We have, we've heard it so many times. Shaq, how much gas do you think you can get for $20 right now? Listen, forget, forget Four the amount. Forget, forget, forget gas amount. prices. Forget all yes, of that. Forget the amount. How can you forget gas call. prices? Listen, man, if you're empty... Right. right. You're empty. No, not empty. If you have. You right? have full. You have. If you give $21, that's, your, that's just going to give you some more cushion to play around. That's all I'm saying. Play rather, around where? Rather than, rather, than, rather than going all the way to the bottom and spending 50, 60. Can I ask you something? you get half, add that 20, that's going to bring can you back you up something? to three quarters. That's can all I ask I'm you saying. something? How, long, okay. how many years have we been having this thing? I just have one question. Like three years? Because y'all ain't listening. No, have- all right. Uh, is Shaq right? I think Shaq is right. I thought about this for a while. I think Shaq is right. Let's go to the phones. Uh, uh, Bonita. Bonita from Long Beach. Is Shaq right? Do I have you there? It looks like I got, yeah, Bonita. Yes, he is right. He's definitely right. You sound like my dude. All right. So Shaq. All the the time. Stop driving your car on E. And I continue to drive my car on E. But, you know, he's right. He's right. So you fill up your tank at halfway. You put 20 bucks in. It gives you some breathing room. And you feel better about it. Right. Exactly, because I'm always on E. So now I'm on E driving, so I can't let him see this. So I got to go get gas before I go home. All right, go get some gas. Get your loan paperwork out and ready. Uh, Kim from Silmar, is, who's right? Is Shaq right about the gas here? Yes, Shaq is right in, in matter that the math doesn't add up, but you always have close to a full tank of gas. You're not going to run out, and it feels better to only put $20 in at a time, no matter if it's a win-win situation. That is what I think. I is. Agree. I think that's where Shaq's right. I think you're right, Kim. Thanks for calling in. Mary, who's right? Is Shaq right or is Kenny right? Who's right? Oh, Jack is definitely right. I've been doing this for a while. I get, matter of fact, I get like the three quarters. You know, I use a, a quarter of a tank. I'm ready to tap it back up by the time I go home. Every night I go put that $20 with the gas in my tank so I can take off. You know, I feel better with a full tank knowing that I can get from A to Z or wherever I need to go and 
You don't never know when you're going to have to jump up in emergency. Anything could happen. You may not have no money in your pocket, but you got a full tank of gas. you got a full tank. You're right. All right, Mary, thank you very much. All right, so our callers believe and agree with me that Shaq is right. Now, if you're just joining us, we played some recordings of Shaquille O'Neal and um, a few other people discussing his theory on if you if you wait till your tank is empty, it costs more money to fill it up. So you fill it up uh, when it's half full, then you pay less. That's kind of what he's saying, but that's not actually what he's saying. I think our callers are right, that Shaq is right. I've thought about this, and I've gone through it. And I went through it this week with the gas prices. So we are fortunate that we don't have a lot of driving to do, my wife and I. And so we have not had to fill up yet until with this crazy increase in prices over the last couple of weeks. So I'm out late on Monday night and I'm thinking I gotta, I'm going to go get gas. And I had half a tank in my car and I went and got gas and it was expensive, pushing six bucks a gallon where I had to go. And I filled it up and it was only $67. And you know what? That felt great. I realized something. Ah, it's only 67. That felt pretty good. It didn't bother me. And uh, I went home going, ah, this isn't so bad. It emotionally felt good because I filled it up at half a tank. But then last night I realized this. I went to fill up my wife's car and she only had a quarter of a tank in there. And it was 104 bucks. And I was stunned just staring there at the, at the machine. And it felt horrible. I immediately went home and grabbed a mop I had just bought at Target, and then I went to return it to get the $18 back. I mean, it it affected me, and I decided, you know what? Shaq is on to something here. <laughs> it doesn't make sense with the math. It just doesn't. But you know what? I think I think Shaq is right. Okay, well, we had a lot of fun with, with that, and uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea either, as our caller said, to just have your tank full of gas. Ready to go because you never know. As Mary said, you might be broke, but you got a full tank of gas all the time. Plus, with the increase, it's going up so fast. You buy, you have half a tank left. You go get gas tonight. You fill it up by half a tank. You're going to save money because it might be 50 cents more a gallon tomorrow. It's crazy this time that we live in. You're listening to Southern California Live, and this is Scott Furrow, and we're having some fun today on Open Line Friday. Anything you want to talk about, serious stuff, uh, Bible stuff, questions you've got, 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. See, we can, we can, as a family here, just like a regular family conversation, move from one end to the other in our conversation about different things. So let's go to the phones again. Steve from Corona. Steve, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, hi. How are you doing over there? I'm glad, glad to, to uh, visit with you on, on a lovely Friday. Yeah. Question for you. Um, I do agree with Shaq. He's a nice guy, but, you know... <laughs> Emotionally and physically, the way he does stuff, I would definitely agree with him. Oh, but yeah, I love Most important Shaq. of all, yeah, most important of all, I would highly recommend that the American people pressure the current president to do an executive order and complete that Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, I noticed, uh, thank you for your call. A lot of people are saying that and talking about, there's a lot of politics about that, um, the politics of um it's not being approved during the Obama administration. Then Donald Trump approved it. And then the first day in office, Joe Biden canceled it. What I found out yesterday was that they've torn a lot of it apart. Did you know that? Well, the only piece over there is in Oklahoma that needs to be finished. It's not a whole lot. But uh, at this time, the American people need some kind of hope. And that's the fastest hope I know to relieve the anxiety at the pump. Yeah, I think there's a lot of anxiety around that. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for that. You know, there is a lot of uh, 
of things that people are saying, environmental questions about it. But um, I think that there is a security, my own opinion, there's a security reason why we ought to be actually energy independent. I read that the pipeline is not going to be that easy to reopen, that they had sold off a lot of equipment and stuff because they thought it's gone. And um, I suppose you can just get all of that back, but it's going to take some time. It probably won't actually relieve, you know, maybe the the actual uh, problems that we're having right now. But maybe Steve's on to something by saying it might relieve some of the anxiety. You know, I think there's some there's some sense of um, and maybe this is what's stirring up with all of us is we've got a lot of anxiety and it would be good to know that we're doing everything we can long term. You know, my my thought in all of this with energy and the environment and all those questions is why do we not have a much bigger vision for long term solar power and doing a whole lot with the amount of energy that hits the earth every single day from the sun? And I know there's a lot of questions and a lot of technology that would have to be developed and even invented. It's not that easy to make it clean and to make it efficient for everywhere in the country. But I think I think we need a Manhattan Project to do that and let the oil companies spend their money on it. Let them make the profits on it. I'm fine with that. Somebody's going to make money. It's fine with me if the same people make money. I don't know. That's that's what I would do. If I were president, we would have we would have things different. Um, and we would probably invite Shaq to be our secretary of energy. Uh, I think that would be fine. Secretary of, <laughs> of Energy, Shaquille O'Neal. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything that you've got on your mind. You give me a call at 888-528-2557, and we'll take your calls. We will change the subject if you want to talk about something different. You can also send me an email if you can't get to the phone, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm going to go to an email that we did get from a listener here just a moment ago. And uh, let me uh, get that here. So here, this is from Jessica. Thank you for writing in, Jessica. And here's her question. She says, I get confused because in Ephesians, God says, be angry and do not sin. But in Colossians, it says to put off anger. How do I put something off when God also says it's okay? I have anger when I feel wronged. How do I learn to manage that? And also, how does forgiveness come into play when I forgive someone, but I don't want to keep hurt, getting hurt by them? And uh, there's a lot more that you write here, and I, I see that. Let me try to uh, let me try to answer that. Anger is a it's an important. <laughs> I'm reading through your email here. There's a lot there. Please don't say boundaries. I don't like that word. I'm you know honestly between you and me, Jessica, I don't like that word too much either. It was a big buzzword in the '90s, and somebody wrote a book, and it was helpful, but. Um, we have a lot of people really struggle with this because we get angry and it's okay to get angry. God gets angry. But one of the things that is a lesson that we can learn a little bit when it comes to anger is what the Bible teaches actually over all of the Bible is he's not saying don't be angry, but he's saying don't blow up and blow your stack. Be slow to angry to be angry. See, that's that's how God gets angry. He's slow to anger. That's a characteristic of God. It's, it's a sin, in fact, to never get angry because there are certain things we ought to be angry about, but it's also a sin to get angry quickly. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Don't, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, is what it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do you ever do that? Do you ever... Uh, have if you've got uh, especially if you're married this comes up a lot with marital counseling do you ever go go to bed angry don't do that you just wake up and it's not okay it's hard to explain that 
The Bible teaches be angry, but sin not. There's a church uh, theologian, John uh, Chrysostom. He wrote this. It's a great quote about anger. He says, he who is not angry, whereas he has cause to be, sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but the good to do wrong. See, the thing is about your anger. There are definitely things to get angry about. But slow to anger is the mark of the wise, and that helps you from making mistakes. It gives you the margin that you need in order to forgive people. And that matters a lot. You know, God gets angry. Sometimes people don't like it, the idea that God gets angry. Some will say, I believe in a God of love, not a God who gets angry. But the thing is, is you can't have a God of love who doesn't get angry. A God who is indifferent to suffering and injustice and wrongdoing is not a loving God. Look at what we're seeing on the news. How can you not get angry about what's going on in Ukraine right now? And there's a lot of politics involved and a lot of fog of war and, and different things going on. But how can you not be angry about that? You have to be. True love is love that is moved to deal with a threat about something that you love. When something that you love is under threat or you're under threat, there's a reason you're going to get angry and that's okay. God ultimately is angry about sin. And I would say, Jessica, that's one thing that you can do is be angry about sin and realize that the person who might be hurting you, uh, they're in sin. Be angry about that. It doesn't mean that you stay in the the scope of their anger. I don't know what all of your situation is. You could write me back about you know that. Um, you might be in a situation where this is just not a healthy relationship. You step out of it. You might be in a, in a situation where you can't just step out of it. Maybe you're married and you're talking about your spouse, or maybe uh, you have a job and you just have a relationship issue going on there. Ever work for an angry person? Uh, it's very hard to work for or with somebody who just blows up and they're angry. Um, so what I would say, Jessica, is, and this is a much bigger topic, obviously, the Bible has a lot to say about anger. Go into the book of Proverbs. It has a lot of things to say about the power of anger and what it means. A quick-tempered man does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. Crafty is a man of evil desires or devices. Um, but it also tells us that Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones, or passions rot, rot the bones, some translations say. Anger is something that sets you up for health problems and other things. The scriptures speak a lot about anger and the kind that is good and where to place it and how to do it slow. I hope that helps you. I realize there's, a, there's an awful lot that comes into the topic of anger. But I hope that helps you a little bit. Thank you for writing us at Southern California Live. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We're doing Open Phone Friday. Anything you want to call about, any question you have, any comments you want to make, give me a call. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-LA-TALKS. This is your Friday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. It's great to be with you. We've had a lot of fun on Open Line Friday, Open Phone Friday today. Some very serious topics we've dealt with and some fun right here with everybody. We have a few minutes left if you want to call. Anything that's on your mind you want to talk about on Open Phone Friday, the number is 
528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. That's the phone number. I'm trying to say it slow because people say I say it too fast. 888-528-2557. That's the number. And uh, I, you know what I love about uh, the conversation that we can have is we really are like a family. What My favorite holiday to be with family and be with people is Thanksgiving. Not only do I love the turkey and the rolls and the football and all the stuff. I love the conversation. I love the flow of it and the, the laugh of it. And, and sometimes there's a family argument about things and, and hopefully that doesn't get too out of control, but you love people and we love each other on our program here, our audience and a lot of different things here. Join our talk, our conversation. What's on your mind? 888-528-2557 is the number. Um, you know, something else that I think happens on our program, I joke about this, but I'm wondering if President Biden listens to our show. Now, probably not. Probably somehow he's not listening, but I like to think he is. And uh, and I'm here for you, man. If you want to listen, you need some prayer, you want to uh, come by church, I'll, I'll share some stuff with you. I'm glad to have you listen to our program. Here's why I think that, though. Yesterday, yesterday, I was talking about inflation, and I mentioned that a famous economist, Milton Friedman, who passed away several years ago. And I'm not saying I particularly um, subscribe to everything this guy thinks, but one of the videos of him, one of the statements of him that's been going around a lot this year is his comments on inflation, where he believes very, very straightforward, very, very clearly that the reason we have inflation, the only reason we have so much inflation is because we are printing more money because of all of our, our deficit spending. And what he would say, I think, if he were with us today, if he were still alive, is that the reason that we're seeing 8% inflation, which I think by the time we get to the next couple of months, it's going to be crazy high, really high inflation. The reason for that is because of all of the deficit spending we've been doing the last couple of years, and really over the last uh, 20 years. I've mentioned it many times, our national debt the money that you and I owe and our kids and everybody else we owe is doubling every eight years, every presidential administration. So during the Bush years, it went from five to $10 trillion. In the Obama years, those eight years, it went from 10 to $20 trillion. And, and I'm not blaming Bush or Obama or the other presidents specifically because really this is a function of Congress. If you really want to get into it, it's the Congress that's the problem. And it's been Republicans and Democrats but the president does have something to do with it. The president can lead in this area, and the president can put budgets out there that actually cut the deficit and that are balanced if he wants to. It doubles during the Obama administration, and then you have – it goes from 10 to $20 trillion. And then during one term of Donald Trump, it went from 20 to almost 30. So you can see it's on the same, the same snowballing effect. And already in the Biden administration, we're uh, going over over 30. And so I said, you know, the all this ex, these expenses that we have and all of the money that maybe we had to spend it, the different programs and the stimulus packages that we did through the COVID, the business ones, the ones that came to most of our mailboxes, the checks that we've been getting from government, that money, is, it doesn't just come out of thin air. It has to balance out somewhere. And that's what the argument would be for inflation. Anyway, I pointed this out yesterday. And then today, President Biden says this. Play the Biden clip. We're on track right now 
I'm on track to be the first president in history to lower the deficit by over $1 trillion in one year. So I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. I don't think we need any lectures from our friends on the other side about fiscal responsibility, for God's sake. Look, we have an ambitious agenda. All right, there's the president. See, I think maybe he listens to our program because he responded to me because I said that yesterday, that the reason for our inflation is the deficit spending. And it's funny that he would say this. This is a... This is the politician. And I mean, he says that he's the first president in history to to reduce the deficit by a trillion dollars. That's true. And there are two reasons that that's true. The number one reason that's true is because he failed to pass Build Back Better, which would have blown up the deficit even further. So it's interesting that he fails in his signature uh, plan. And now he's going to take credit for not spending the money that he wanted to spend. See, that's a, that's a shrewd politician there. That's somebody who's been in the Senate for an awful long time. Uh, the other part of it is that's tr- that the reason that's true is because, well, in 2020, we had a crazy deficit because of all of the coronavirus spending and the stimulus packages and all of that, which we aren't doing this year. So there you go. Uh, that's pretty funny. Do you think President Biden listens to Southern California Live? I invite the president to listen. Would love to have him be a part of the show. In fact, if you're listening, President Biden, why don't you call in? The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to be on our program anytime, we'll have the president call up and be on the program. One time I said, one time I said something like that, and, and a caller was really upset with me because he thought that I really believed that all these people are listening to the program. And my thought is, you know what? Why not believe that? President Biden, I'm going to send you an email and invite you to be on the show. Why don't we do that? Wilbert, let's set that up. Let's invite the president. Maybe on a weekly basis, we'll invite the president to be on the program. I think that'd be cool. I think, I think we can do that. In fact, I know some people who know some people who know him. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. You never know. And we'll promise we will be, we will be nice and we'll ask about corn pop because that's a story. And uh, whatever it is, open line Friday. We got a few minutes left. You want to call up, add your two cents to uh, what we're talking about here. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. We got like a couple of minutes. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 L A Talks is the phone number for Southern California Live. You can add your your two cents. Reminds me, it's a funny thing. People say it's a penny for your thoughts, but you have to put your two cents in. See, that's inflation. That's, that's somehow how it works. That's why things are getting more and more um, expensive. And there's somebody out there who's making a penny. Every time you put your, 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 a penny for your thoughts and you put your two cents in, somebody's making that penny. That's how the world works today. And that person is not me. I'll tell you that. Hey, do you have plans for this weekend? I hope that your plan for this weekend includes going to church. And as you think about going to to church this weekend with your family or by yourself or with your friends, however you go to church, go and be on time and especially be on time because as a reminder, it is daylight savings time. So you're going to have to put your clock forward an hour. It's spring forward, spring forward and fall behind. And like we said earlier, I know we voted against that. Uh, We voted to stop doing that, but uh, still we're going to be doing this. I think we're going to do this forever. My parents live in Arizona. And so they don't change. And the weird thing is on standard time, they're an hour ahead of us because they're in the mountain time zone. 
But on Sunday, we get to jump ahead and we'll be on the same time, which my parents enjoy because then I don't call them at the wrong time at night when they're already in bed because I think it's an hour earlier. So it, it helps our family. It would help our my relationship even with my folks just to to not have to move this thing back and forth all the time. And you know what I've also found as a pastor on Sunday, they do this on Sunday night, right, that the people tend to be on time. I think people do better as far as being on time actually with this time change. I think it's because it makes you grumpy. Oh, I got to lose an hour of sleep. When you set your alarm and you get up, you kind of feel like you're behind already. You feel like you're a little late and you get to church on time. There's always somebody who shows up after the service is over. But it's amazing to me how many people are very much on time. But in the fall one, people are late. I And maybe it's because you got to sleep in and you're groggy. You took that extra hour and you're like, I can't make it out of the house today. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, my encouragement for you is this weekend, get outside, enjoy a good walk, enjoy going to the beach if you can get down there, if the weather's good. Make sure that you go to church. Are you going back to church? I'm I'm thinking that the COVID is over. I know that the, the masks are coming off today, right? If you have kids in school, masks are done. Masks are in most places, not every place. Some of the school districts, they're still having the masks because they just want to do that to the kids for some reason. But a lot of the masks are, are done. And if they're not done where you are, you know, write your school board and your, your administrators. The masks are staying on the plane for another month. That was supposed to end March 18th. They extended that to April 18th. So that's still going to be going on for a little while. But I think we've come to a point maybe where this is over. There could always be some kind of variant. I haven't seen Dr. Fauci for a while, so maybe he's out looking for it. Um, but I think that we're probably moving beyond this, and I do want to encourage you to go back to church if you haven't yet. Be with people. Sing with people. Hear the word together. Be inspired. The uneasiness that we feel in our culture, the anxiety that is being caused by so many different things. You get through that when you are closer to the Lord. You truly do. You have to make that effort and see for yourself. So I want to encourage you to go to church. All right, friends, we're done for today. I want to thank you for all your calls. We had a great time today and all of the phone calls. I'll be back with you for three of the five days next week. So I look forward to that. In the meantime, you can go to kkla.com and get the podcast for the show, kprz.com. If you live in San Diego, get the podcast for the show hour if you want to hear it again. And uh, I'm Scott Furrow for Southern California Live. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.